1: Hello again, everybody. Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast is back on the air, still in season one, up to episode number 11. Mr. Craig Button, I had a great weekend. Friday, Oshawa Generals game, watching the Colts and Generals play. Boy, these kids are good. Saturday, Guelph wins again, and then all Saturday night watching hockey. Sunday, golfing, and then watching Sunday night hockey. That's what weekends are all about golf kids hockey and nhl hockey my friend how was your weekend
2: well my weekend was terrific too but like i didn't get a scouting report from the uh from the game friday no scouting report Barry. you know how, how did oscar olofsson look how did hunter hate look like any, best, and,
1: any best player on the ice oscar olofsson was the best player on the ice so right already. Why? i went these guys got to be drafted these and every kid looks great you know if you take a parent's who's got a minor midget kid and thinks my kid's going to get drafted and play in the O and you say, yep, yep. You probably will. You're you 14 or you 15 let's go to the generals very Colts game and have them sit there as more and more people are going to the games and say, so what do you think? You know what they're going to think? Oh my God. These kids are good. I call the generals 95, 96 season, Mark Savard, John Tripp, you know, that Marty Wolford, all those guys, Jeff, Ware, these kids below that generation out of the water, and Merzlikens was a great player, and there were a lot of great players then. And you just look and think, wow. I, Craig, I was blown away, and I love going to the games. The last time I went to a game, I told you the Shane Wright kid scored his first OHL goal against Oshawa. I think he was 15 at the time, and you, I'm just blown away how good they are. The future of the game, Craig, is bright. I love if you can see junior hockey, major
2: junior, NCAA, folks. Get out there.
1: There's a lot of great hockey out there, Craig.
2: Yeah, there sure is. And I, I you know, when Wayne Gretzky says, you know, the, the players are so much better than when he was playing, and people kind of go, "Well, oh, come on, Wayne." Wayne's right. Just like, just like Bobby Orr was better than the players that preceded him, and the players that came after Bobby Orr were better, and the players before Wayne were were good. But when Wayne came along, he was the best, and the players today are are, are Wayne's right. Listen to Wayne. It's not a, It's not an insult. It's it's reality uh okay so you posted a little bit of uh of a viral video about Jess last week what did she do in her game to help her Guelph hockey team win on Saturday I I want to know forget about me I want to know about Jess I want to know about the Barry Colts seriously you piqued my interest <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you right now get OHL
1: I mean we're biased Q, and you got to scout them all and there's and there's nothing like going to a D1 men's hockey game. I mean, it's there's something about being in New Hampshire, right, with those eight thousand fans, or in Michigan, and like you name it. If you've never been, you gotta go. One of my regrets was we were connected in a family when Mike Johnson was going to school at Bowling Green, and my kind of family friend at the time, the Punchards, Brett played with Mike, and I never went down. And it's one of my biggest regrets not going down for a weekend and watching two games. And it's so much fun. And now that Jess is playing again, because I thought my minor hockey dad days were over to watch the game on computer on Saturday, as I'm watching NHL games because the trip and dine had to work. So we couldn't go. And then this is, I, and I'm going to sound like a hockey dad, but I don't care. This little Jessica Calais. I mean, God forbid he's calling the <laughs> game and doesn't know who I am, Jessica Calais. She reminds me of Adam Fox out there. She's controlling the game. She's, and I went to myself, I'm so proud. I was going to get the clip and send it, but I go, I can't do that. It look, But for us, it's just that moment when you don't know if you're ever going to play again and you got a modern coach in Rachel Flanagan playing modern hockey, Royal Road, you know, not glassing out, no. Control the puck, make a play. It was fun to watch. I don't know how the team's going to do. I don't know how she's going to do. Craig, it was just one of those things where you say, I miss this so much. I can't wait to go Wednesday. Get your tickets now. Waterloo and
2: Guelph, 730 puck drop. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, that, I mean, your excitement. I mean, what, what do you mean sounding like a hockey dad? You are a hockey dad. And Diane's a hockey mom, like your hockey parents. R- Revelling it. Have fun with it. That doesn't mean I mean what happens, Steve, is that we end up with uh oh I'm a hockey dad and it ends up being a negative uh you know connotation. No, there's nothing negative. If if it's preceded by crazy hockey parent or you know over overbearing hockey parent okay I, I i understand but you're not that you and you know what jess calais is is a pretty good player she's, <laughs> <laughs> and she's being compared to uh adam fox that, that, that's pretty good yeah you know so i i have one more question before i uh, i have a couple of comments right seinfeld you know i'm a huge seinfeld person yep, right yeah i like so, it a little bit eh? Yeah, I, I know you do, but you know when I like, it never occurred to me. I, I've been in, I've been in, I've been in your home. I've been where you record this, right? But I look at your backdrop there with the with the blue velvet chairs, and uh, it, it's like the Merv Griffin set. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. I, I, this is a set. This is a set. Who's our next guest? Where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know I should do it in the hockey basement, but Diane says I want this room almost is only allowed to be used for this. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. And then get out. Get out. I'll clean it. I know it. It's almost like Mike Johnson's showroom. Like I have no idea what that plan is for IKEA. I don't even know if those glass I don't even know if this is real. It's almost like a movie set where it's you know. But anyway, she's done a good job with it. These chairs, Craig. See this one over here? You're the only one who's ever sat in that. Interview. And nobody's ever sat in the other one. It's a showpiece. That's it. I was a guest.
2: I, <laughs> the question was very fair. The interview was wonderful. I got it. There's no way I can let the Mike Johnson go here. Okay. I have to, to, to tell this story because it's, it's one of my favorite ones when it comes to Mike Johnson. I have a yeah. lot of favorite Mike Johnson stories, but I'm living in Ann Arbor, Michigan working for the Dallas stars and uh, I uh, Bowling Green was probably about a 45, 50 minute drive from Ann Arbor. So being that, you know, you're scouting, you're trying to get a grip on the players, you know, players drafted players that may be uh, coming up for the draft. Anyway, uh, I go down there at the beginning of one season and I'm watching the game and I'm watching this Mike Johnson skate around. I go, wow, geez, what what a good player he is. Right. And I look at my, I look at my line chart and I look at, I go junior. He's a junior. Like I'm going like, I've seen Bowling Green quite a bit the last two years. What do you mean? He's a junior. I uh, think, so I'm watching pretty good player. Anyway, I race home that night at the speed limit, maybe a little bit above and uh, I get home (laughs) and I go through my notes from the years, from the couple of years before, because you know, I keep a notebook and there it is Mike Johnson and you know, Good skater, but there was really nothing more to describe as play in my notes than other than good skater. Anyway, we all know what ended up happening with Mike. He ended up you know bec- becoming a, a much sought after uh, NHL free agent. But it, it's a great example of, you know, I tell young players this all the time and you're talking about junior hockey and it doesn't matter where you're at in the all players don't progress and mature at the same rates. It takes them time. And, you know, keep playing. I tell players, just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Don't worry. And they go, what, what, what do I got to do to, you know, for the scouts to see me? I said, you're the, just keep playing. If you're good enough and you do the things you're capable of doing, the scouts will see you. And Mike Johnson is a perfect example of that. I'd seen him for two previous years, but there wasn't, there wasn't a lot in Mike's game that, that, that was, that, that he could take advantage of maturity whatnot like i said we all know what he became he was on the all rookie team you know he was on the all rookie team in the rookie season right so anyway it's just a it's just a a, an example of you know keep your eyes open if you're if you're watching players and for players you know what be patient with yourself it's going to come so when you talk about brett punchard who i remember watching and certainly uh uh mike there it's just a good example of uh watching uh hockey and watching players with an open mind always just because they went through a draft, just because they haven't been drafted doesn't mean they're not going to be good NHL players.
1: That's such great advice. And I know that if we also had the cool button uncensored minor hockey podcast, we could go in another direction daily about, okay, we know about the Crosby's and the McDavid's the Lemieux's and, and Ores that's fine. Oh, the Orr museum, by the way, in Oshawa I'm, to see Ores, 1960, Two sixty-three, sixty. 63, 60, like his Oshawa general shirt that they have there. It's, it's unbelievable. And one practice he grabbed the goalie gloves and he went net or wet net. And they took that picture of, or no mask in net uh, in the old civic arena in Oshawa. I, I thought it was great stuff, but Mike Johnson, Andro Mangiapane, who was on with Scott Oak on Saturday night. And you're thinking cut, cut, didn't make it. Wasn't drafted. Went to the NHL draft. You know, you, you think as a kid, it's one thing when it's 12 rounds, I guess it's another one, it's seven and people do the tomato de- when you pick the tomatoes, some turn red quicker than others, that doesn't mean they all can't make a salad at their own speed. And it's great, but people don't want to hear it. I just talked to a coach when I went out on the weekend and he said, and he's on the boys' side now, and he's got some pretty good players that you're probably going to know about in a, a year or two. Yeah, they say I'm a girls hockey dad. I'm a girls coach, not a hockey coach. I'm a girls coach. I said, yeah, what else? He goes, what can you promise my kid? A great environment, learning, getting better, complete player. So if somehow they do get to the next level, they've got the tools to not just score, but to check and defend because when they start, not everyone can score. What about power play time? I don't make those promises. Okay, see you later. And they leave to go to another place. And he says, I don't want that. I don't want that around our team anyway. Promises about this. I promise the environment, modern hockey, make you better to improve your skill set, Have fun. This is what it's about. But everyone's looking at the show and they all say they don't. No, no, I'm not I'm not looking at the show. Come on, little Johnny or little Susie and everything else. I've gone through it. So many people are good people, but they're full of so much. And you've seen it, Craig. You've, you've seen it. I went to the rink and I, what are you doing here? I'm looking at Devin Shore. Oh, where do you have him pegged? And he went exactly where you said. You can come out of nowhere and make the NHL and do different things. But everyone wants to press a We live in a press a button. Now, society, now, now, now. But there's other options and you can slow play it and still get to the highest level you can possibly get to. But nobody wants to hear that, right? They want, hmm, Where's McDavid? Where's my kid in this in this bunch?
2: I had uh, it's 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 very it's always interesting to me, and I, I hear things like this all the time. You know, one of the challenges is that the we we talk about how good the young players are, and they sacrifice a great deal, and they they're committed. They're committed to being players, like they you know they they want to play. And you know, I I hear about this thirteen-year-old or that fourteen-year-old all the time, all the time, all the time. They're all good players at 13 and 14 and there's thousands of them but you know you try to and, and and then as they become 16 or 17 and they enter their draft years or they're coming up for 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 the draft you know talking about the uh, the NHL well he was really good when he was 14. I said that's great it's not about what they were when they were 14. and yeah I know I know all the players were good when they were 14 and 13. they were they don't they don't progress along the path unless they were good right but now that it's a pyramid it gets tighter and tighter and you know it, it, you know I, I have so much admiration for the young players that are giving up like they have they have these dreams and they have these goals and they're lofty and they're real and they oh I'm going to play in the NHL you know you think about Tom Cochran's song big league right you, you know and it's a it's a great it's a it's a really great thing and, and I tell just go pursue it if, you know, if, if you make it great, if you don't, that's okay. You played at the highest level possible, but you're right, Steve, is that there's oh boy, He he was so good. If you can believe this, you ready for this one? Yeah. Hold, hold down. You know what? You know what? I, I, I know you're a gamer. I know you do a lot of, <laughs> a, a lot of that, that racing thing. So I know you got your race car chair there with your seatbelts. You got it all. You got it all rigged up. Good. Put your seatbelt on. Connor McDavid was in the NHL. He was in the NHL. <laughs> First overall pick, right? Yeah. I had somebody tell me that, wow, Connor McDavid, like, You know, my son was everybody as good as Connor McDavid, like, but he didn't get the same opportunities and he didn't, he, he, he wasn't able to do the same things that, uh, or my son wasn't able to do the same things that he got. And he got, so so I, I kind of like, you're trying to massage it. You're trying to manage it. I just said, so, so you're telling me that your son who, who was widely seen that everybody missed him everybody missed him and they all just focused their eyes on Connor McDavid. Wow, you know how does somebody get that much notoriety? And I just said, because he's really, really good. <laughs> That's why. And I think that you know I, I, I did that on purpose because when you think about the brilliance of Connor McDavid on Friday versus the New York Rangers, I mean what's funny for me, Steve, and it is funny. i I find it funny. Oh greatest goal, you know ever right greatest goal. Does everybody forget about the one-on-four goal he scored against the Leafs last year? And you know what the beautiful thing about Connor McDavid is? Just go and watch. He puts you right on the edge of your chair. I grew up in Montreal as a Gila Fleur fan. Yeah. You know what Gila Fleur did when he grabbed the puck? He got you right on the edge of your seat. That's what Connor McDavid does. Right. So, like brilliant goal Friday, brilliant goal last season versus the Leafs. You know what? He's got a lot more brilliant goals than that hockey bag of his.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the Morgan Riley one from the year before. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I call it the Riley one, the Muzzin one, the Columbus one. Remember the Columbus oh, one? Oh was, yeah. That was the old rink Columbus yeah. one. And it was in uh it was uh Jeff Rimmer, right with a call. And he, he couldn't believe there's more to come. I just say, how could you miss it? Anybody in the East, God help if you got to go to bed with technology now, you can watch it again. And and the thing about so I came back from the generals game and we have this elimination pool, big money. I should tell you and Clarky about it. Our producer and people at our work say, yeah, you keep forgetting to tell me 25 grand. All you have to do is pick a winner once a week, once a week, pick a winner. Right? So we're now into week four of the season. I had five picks, Steve, Jessica, Diane, uh, Jacqueline, and you know, mom. So I'm down to two left. I, I come back. Turn the game on, 4-1 Rangers. I take the remote, I throw it into the couch. 4-1. I'm watching the Canucks-Preds game. I got to go back. I got to I gotta go back. I got to go back. It's 4-4. It's 4-4. Now I'm sitting down, I get a cold one. Zibanejad scores. I take the remote again. I throw it in. Remember, only because I have them in the pool, like Ranger, whoever. And then I see it live, which, like when you watch the fur, you were there live. There's nothing like being live taping something and watching it or seeing it on a clip. It's great. Not the same. And then this happens. And then I'm at home and I stand up and I can't believe it. And his face, Craig, his face does this. His face says, I can't believe what I just done like this. And that's the picture. I put that up, at whatever they call Northlands now Rogers. And then well, it's not over yet. They still dominate. And then they get the overtime winner and they're nine and one and McDavid and dry and everything. It's, it is wow time. And the great thing is he's 24 turning 25. This is, what, what's that slogan? The best is yet to come. Like this is this is just going after some pain in Edmonton, other than year two, I guess, in this administration. This is unbelievable. And to think some people as late as last year were saying, I'm not so sure. McDavid. McDavid's been number one Casey Kasem since year two. <laughs> maybe he dropped in the charts okay that week he but for the most part and the only reason he didn't win in 2020 is because that knee wasn't 100 if you watch the documentary i'm sure you did the 180 days it took him to come back unbelievable and i said i said to rubber you see he goes no i said rubber this is you guys this is former to to see what he did just to play again oh my and the look on his face when that the the knee whatever it's called that PCL started the, the fibers. At that point, he knew. Thank God. I, and he has got emotional. And I did too in watching it. Like, this is, I talk about Bobby Urey, talk about Wayne Gretzky, Ted Gila Fleur. He's the top 10 player I've ever seen in my life ever now. And I, if he doesn't win three cups like Kane, and people talk about cups, and this is individual, this is not team here. This is just, I can't wait to see him. When do they play next, Craig? Because, uh, something else is going to happen that makes you say, wow.
2: At Detroit, Tuesday evening, <laughs> that's <laughs> when they play next. Because, you know what, That's you better know when he's playing next. because something fantastic, phenomenal can happen. You know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about Connor McDavid and, you know, going back to watching him with the Marlies. I mean, he was a 14-year-old player playing with the Marlies. And, you know, again, everybody tells you, oh, you got to watch this next great kid. Yeah, you go watch, right? Well, I'll tell you what, it was it was jaw-dropping watching him for the first time. And I can tell you this, rarely does that happen when I go to watch 14-year-old players. Because rarely do I go and watch 14-year-old players. But when people tell me, hey, you better go watch this guy, and I've seen a number of them over the years, no. Connor was right. He was the real deal. And, you know, you, you Jack Michaels, the, the, the play-by-play voice for the uh, Oilers, when it was 4-2 going into the third period, he said – the Vancouver Canucks, they were up two goals uh, on, the, or the Rangers were up two goals on the Vancouver Canucks in their previous game. And I'm telling you, he said, don't don't throw away your remote. Don't flip that remote. I think <laughs> he was talking to Steve Calais uh, of Whitby. <laughs> he was right. Jack is, uh, Jack, I, I I think Jack's pretty fortunate. He gets a front row seat every night to call Conor McDavid. That's uh, pretty awesome. Now, as we talk about, and, and we do. And we talk about Connor McDavid. We talk about the injury, the PCL. Jack Eichel's going to get ready for a big surgery. Yeah, He's going to get the artificial disc replacement. He he feels confident in it based on uh, all the medical advice he's gotten and advisors. That was a, that's a pretty big deal. And, and the Vegas Golden Knights are uh, without, and, and we got to include Jack Eichel now because they were without Alex Tuck. So he went in the trade. No Jack Eichel, no William Carlson, no Mark Stone, no Max Patrick Reddy. And you know that people go. Are you worried about the Vegas Gold Knights? Uh, I'm not worried about the Vegas Gold Knights if they have all those guys in their lineup. <laughs> but any team to try to overcome the loss of such star power, such offensive productivity, is going to have a tough time. Unless, of course, you're playing the Montreal Canadiens on a Saturday night right now, and Ouch. it doesn't matter. Who, it Ouch. doesn't matter who you have in your lineup. You're going to beat the Montreal Canadiens because, arguably. They, Chicago, and Arizona are the the bottom three teams in national hockey. But staying on Eichel, you know, like, are are, are we not all sitting here with anticipation, waiting for Jack Eichel to to get healthy and and see what he can do? Because that's a big-time get by the Vegas Golden Knights. I am blown away by
1: adding a puzzle piece that says – from day one in Vegas, never had that true number one center. Almost in day one in Vegas, our power play, although it came to life against Montreal because they put they put Theodore and and Petrangelo together. But that's a one-off, and it's Montreal. I'm not going to overplay it or underplay it. But, boy, we really need that franchise center. We can't win in the playoffs. We're up against Washington. We're up against the big centermen. You love Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, there's Nate McKinnon. There's Kadri. There's a lot of – but. Carlson's a great two. Stevenson's not a one. He's really a three. So you're telling me now Eichel can center Pacioretty and Stone, and then Eichel can line up in the Lemieux spot with Petrangelo or Theodore on the point, Marcioso in the bumper, Pacioretty in the one-timer with Stone in front of the net, and they have a first-line center problem of of not having that guy for matchups, and their power play went four for 43 in the playoffs last year. Now we're adding Jack Eichel? Wow. I think Mr. Craig Button, who was not putting his chips all in on Vegas, did phone his financial planner and say, I'm going to buy some stock now because this is a good time to buy the stock. I didn't buy the stock before, but now the stock is starting to rise and I'm getting in on it now because now Hatcher ready, Stone, Eichel, the expansion line, Stevenson, yes, Tuck will be a loss as a third line winger. Peyton Krebs, I'll get your professional opinion on what he can be for Buffalo. Cause we'll look at it from a Kevin Adams perspective on the show last week. I just said, Craig, I just said, if I'm Kevin Adams, and I think I asked you this cause you came on, you just phone Anaheim, zegris one for one. Nope. We're not doing it. We're not ready for Eichel yet. Phone New Jersey, Jack Hughes, one for one. At least you've got that piece coming back. So think about that as we just tagged with the Vegas angle balance of power does it change with colorado tampa florida carolina which we'll get to and the new york islanders as the creme de la creme if the surgery goes well knock on wood and we see him in the lineup on march the 1st
2: well, whenever he comes in the lineup, all I know is, remember, he's got uh, this year and four more years left on his contract. So, yep. I mean, he's he's a part of the Vegas Gold Knights. And to, to your point, he's never, they've never had a player like this. Never. They've never had a player like this. And he's a superstar. There's no question about it. I mean, and, and here's the thing about Jack that, that makes him so good, and I'll get to Vegas here in a row, is that. He is not anywhere near. He's not a one-trick pony. He's not a two-trick pony. He's not a three-trick pony. He's a multiple-trick pony. And actually, he's not a pony. He's a thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you, you talk about the bumper swat. See, Jack. Jack's a great, great player with respect to being able to size up what's there. You know, if you want to put constraints on Jack Eichel and say, oh, do this. No, let Jack Eichel play. He can. He can score off the rush. He can score from forty feet. He can pass the puck with the best of them. There is no. How do you defend Jack Eichel? He can beat you with his speed and his agility and his power. Magnificent hands. Don't just put him in a little little, little, little spot and say play here. That whole power play is going to change because of Jack Eichel. Don't don't fall in love with your power play setup. You know what? Say, hey, here's what we'd like to do. Let Jack go to work. I'm telling you, the guy is brilliant when it comes to that. So, you know, Steve, people said, oh, you're not putting your chips in on uh, Vegas being the year. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because the problems that they've had in the playoffs, I don't see them resolved. And I'm talking about Stanley Cup contender here. I'm not talking about as a team that's a good team in the league. They're a good team in the league. But I said, but you're right. I got chips now on Vegas. You're darn right. I got chips now on. And the other thing I'm going to say, so let's look at Kelly McQuinnon, George McPhee, you know, George, but, but, but Kelly's the one that's made the deals. Okay. So like, you know, he, since Kelly's been the man, they go and get patchy ready, right? Like, well, that's a big time score. They go and get Mark stone. Poof. There's a big time frontline player. They go and sign Alex Petrangelo. Wow. Like people are going, why was he named to the Canada's Olympic team? Just watch how well he's played this year. Watch in a a depleted lineup. He took that game over on Saturday versus Montreal. He is phenomenal. What an outstanding defenseman he is. And now they get Jack Eichel wow, 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 wow. This is a good team. Robin Leonard, I think, is more than, I don't think he's more. He's a really good goaltender. Right, Shea Theodore. I mean, we, we got talking about the Vegas Golden Knights and we got Shay Theodore like a little bit down. Another top-notched defenseman. Yeah, I got chips now in on Vegas. Darn rights I do. I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> so when everyone's healthy in both divisions out West,
1: is Vegas, as we project, higher than colorado i i like them better i know there's injury issues now mccar hasn't played well mckinnon hasn't played well i believe Kadri's learned his lesson finally and will be there for all the playoff games and then there's a kemper like he, he's not comfortable yet and that's why we play 82 games not 56 unless we have to or is it neck and neck is it or is it something we just say listen this is what we want western conference final giddy up and because they're not in the same division this year. They can, you know, it might be Vegas, Edmonton round two, and then Colorado has to go through St. Louis in round two, and then they can play each other. Is this the clash of the Titans that you used to have? Colorado, Dallas, Detroit, Dallas, Dallas, Colorado. Is this how it's shaping up in the wild West?
2: Well, okay. So you talk about the wild West. Okay. So I like the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, you know, I guess news will come out on Monday about Scheifele and Stashney because they had to leave the game Saturday versus the New York Islanders due to injury. Uh, but I like the Winnipeg Jets. The Minnesota Wild, are we going to sleep on the Minnesota Wild? Are we going to sleep on the St. Louis Blues? Uh-uh. You know what? I think that the West, we, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, really? We're talking about a Western Conference final. We're not mentioning the Edmonton Oilers after we just were gushing about McDavid. Uh, look, what, what, teams push... The level of play higher, you know, by by trying to be, you know, with having excellent players. Ken Holland's improved the the Edmonton Oilers significantly. Kelly McCrimmon, we just talked about what he's done. You know, Joe Sackett, Bill Guerin, what he's doing. What Kevin Shabbal Dayoff did in the off season, adding Dylan in, and and uh, Nate Schmidt. They're all they're all pushing the envelope. They're all pushing it. I love it. That's what sports is about. It's about making your team as good as it can be. You know what I'm sick of? Sick of. Wow, well, you know, how much is he performing? Is there value in his contract? You know what? The contracts are settled in the summer. Now the games begin. Watch the team. Watch the game. Sean Monaghan. You know what? Dale Sutter doesn't care how much he's making. He goes, I need Sean to do this for my team. Now go and do it. He's playing on the power play, but all anybody wants to talk about is him playing on the fourth line. You know what? Sean Monahan's come back from two significant injuries and off-season surgeries. So it's going to take him some time. But all this, oh, the value, like, you know what? Hey, listen, we all know that you're trying to find value in contracts. That's been going on forever. Bottom line is, is this is your team now. I love, you know what too many general managers in all sports do? They find reasons not to do things. Oh, it's hard to make a trade. Oh, you know, you know what that would do to my salary cap. You know, wait, wait a sec. Do you know what Jack Eichel would do to your team on the ice? Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's hard to make a trade. That's why you have the job. Go and make a trade. Go and manage your salary cap. If you want to go spend forty million on four players, there's no problem with that. But go and fill out your roster. I mean, I asked somebody last week in Toronto. They were talking about Marner and Matthews and everything. I said. What do you think the first-team all-star right-winger in the National Hockey League should get paid? What do you think the second-team all-star center and the Rocket Richard winner in the National Hockey League should get paid? And you're going to complain about what these guys are getting paid? Really? Like, like seriously, we've lost perspective. Or I should say we have, not me and you. But so many people have lost perspective on, on what's happening. And you know what? Like, I, There's only going to be one team that wins. And I know this. Every, teams that are trying and teams that are trying to push the envelope. Oh, Minnesota, look, Bill Guerin in two years, look at what his salary cap's going to be. You know why he bought out Parisi and Suter? Because he was trying to make his team better. That's what he was trying to do. That's why you admire Bill Guerin and Kelly McCrimmon and and the guys that are pushing it. So many GMs and so many sports. Oh, it's so hard. You don't know how hard it is.
1: It all, uh, I like that rant. It kind of goes back to the minor hockey. Here's what the person can't do. Let's talk about what they can do. What's Sean Monahan doing now to help where he slots in financially and are the flames, not seven, one, and three best start in ages. Maybe the best start since your start, Craig was a pretty good start uh, back 20 years ago. And I say to myself, so if what's best for the team right now for him to be a fourth line center and on power play one or two, and they're winning, why do you care? Well, like, why do you not you, but why can't you sleep at night? Cause Mitch Marner makes 10.09 million. All of a sudden he's got 12 points in 12 games and he's going to get a hundred. And that's what a hundred <laughs> point point. So it's, 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 it's almost where the little kids now know how much these guys are getting and they play Xbox and they, and they know that stuff. It's almost like the, sorry, the middle-aged hockey broadcaster cannot deal with the contract. And I, I don't know. Well, they're going to be, it's if you want Petrangelo, you're going to have to suck it up if something goes wrong. If that means five defensemen for two game, well, do you want them or not? You know, do you want the Mercedes? You got to put unleaded fuel in. It's $2 a liter. Yes, I'm going to. Uh, I won't have a couch for a couple of months, but I'm going to get the, okay. If you can do it and you want to make it work and you think that's what's best for your chance of winning. That's great. If it doesn't work out, everyone's a great GM in retrospective analysis. Well, in retrospective analysis, they should have traded this guy and kept this guy and kept this guy and traded this guy. So it's like Marc-Andre Fleury. If he has a bad year and if he's in his decline, the people who said Marc-Andre Fleury should stay in Pittsburgh or in Vegas, their hands are not pointing the finger at themselves because <laughs> guess what? Oh, I was wrong on that one. They just end up moving on, which gets me back to your Calgary situation i thought the flames fans and that made for tv moment when adam fox scored put his hand to his ear right which is kind of a Kane matthews fox thing and then under review disallowed he says on the bench well you could read his lips and then go it said something else that wasn't a swear word but you know where i'm going and then they boot, hey, they boot him a lot. You know why? He touches the puck a lot. And he's very good. He's one of the best defensemen <laughs> in the NHL. And then the flames rolled over the Rangers. I know the Rangers are tired, and the score wasn't indicative of how well Markstrom played. That is drama. Like I told you, I was I was lucky that I came back in time to see McDavid on Friday. That flame stuff Saturday, Craig. That's real life, real drama, real TV. Like that is beautiful for our sport and if you love sports that's real life
2: it was awesome wasn't it i (laughs) I read something on sunday where somebody said the after the goal was disallowed the public address announcer should have come on and said uh after further review that goal by adam fox no goal (laughs) (laughs) did you can you hear me kind of pull it off like the uh do you hear me? Anyway, it's, it's, Adam admit it. he's a, a Norris trophy winner. I mean, when we all know how good he is and you're right, Steve, they have ample opportunity to boo him because he has the puck lots, right? You know, there's a lot Claude, of booing. <laughs> the, the, the late Claude Ruel, who, who was Mr. Everything for the Montreal Canadiens. I, you know, so many people don't realize that Claude Ruel won a Stanley cup with the Montreal Canadiens as their head coach. A lot of yeah. people don't know that you right. want a bunch as an assistant coach want lots as a director of player uh development and everything i mean i mean everybody talked, well, look we got a player development program you know clodwell the Montreal canadians had a player development program in the in the 50s and the 60s right what what people are reinventing the wheel look at this steve i got a wheel look at it, it goes round and round look at this wheel like it's amazing how good this wheel is goaltending departments have we talked about that Warren Straylow, he had goaltending departments years ago. Mitch Corn, oh we're, looking at, we're 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 cutting edge. We got goaltending departments. Whoa, give me a break, Jacques Caron. Anyway, uh, th- th- I'll save that for another day. That's a different rant. But uh, everybody thinks they've reinvented the wheel. You, you know what? Just, just do a little bit of uh, research, folks, and you'll see that the history of the game, there's been a lot of innovation in the game. But you know what Claude Rowe told me when I first started scouting? What? He said, Craig. Watch the guy that always has the puck. Usually that's the good player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> some uh, some snapshots um, that come up from time to time on the program. Ryan Lomberg, I can't believe he got five in a game for the collision with Anti Ranta. I feel bad for Anti Ranta. I didn't even know if it was a two minute penalty. The fact they gave him five, reviewed it, and, and, and kept it in the game of the week. Carolina, Florida. Spencer Knight has to win it, Bobrovsky's not in, Barkov, lower body injury, not in the lineup, no Sam Bennett, Florida blitzes, Caroline and Freddie Anderson, Freddie then leaves, in comes Antti Ranta, to to me it didn't look like Milan Lucic and Ryan Miller, I could have lived with a two minute penalty, I feel sorry for Ryan Lomberg and and what happened on the play, It it just shocked me. And I just hope that Florida keeps filling the building, getting their buzz. They're a great team. What a start to the year. What a game. It lived up to the hype. And that, because Florida battled back, or Carolina battled back a little bit, but Florida blitzed them early, and you say to yourself, wow, you know, this is good for these markets. Carolina's got the buzz. They're a very sexy team. I just, they're selling out, right? They're full. They're, they got all the excitement in Raleigh. I just hope it builds in Florida because it's just... I worry about it, Craig, if they can't sell this team and the Verhages and Bennett when he's back and Anthony Duclair had a four-point game. Anthony Duclair, I can't believe the season that he's having. It's not on the back of Huberto right now either. It's just, it's special. And that game was special. It was fun. You saw wow moments. And I just hope it continues, Not, not just for South Florida, but building, you know, it's one thing if you're not good. But when you are and you're not, you know, you see those empty seats, it just uh it can't be like that. It's 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 we're post-COVID. Let's go in South Florida and let's add to this special season that they're having, Craig.
2: Well, yeah, well, you can't, but but bottom line, Steve, they've been a they've been a a poor performing franchise for a quarter of a century. Yeah. So you can't just say we're good now. Come on, fans, come around. Like, you know. So bottom line is they're a good team. It's a really good team. And there's no question about it. And You hope they can continue. But let's not forget, Steve. And people forget this. Everybody wants to jump on the on the Florida Panthers, right? Everybody wants to jump on that. You know what, Steve? I went into the Chicago Stadium when they had five thousand people in the building. Yeah. You know why? Because the team was so bad, and the fans know what good hockey looks like in Chicago. It's a, it's a great market as they've shown. But you think they're going to come and dole out, you know, hard-earned money to to go watch a bad team? They aren't, and they didn't in Chicago. So, what? Very few sports franchises in the major sports are able to sustain poor performance over an extended period of time. Very few, and the and I talk about Florida quarter century, Steve. They haven't won a playoff round since nineteen ninety six. Haven't been in the playoffs very often at all. So, yeah, they're great. Let's keep watching them. But like, let's not blame the fans here. Okay, it hasn't been a fan problem. It's been a management problem, and. You know, I, I go to there and I'm going to finish up real quick here. The Chicago Blackhawks are forget about being at a crossroads. They're in full blown crisis, and I do not know where they go from here because the prospect pool isn't good. their Their team isn't very good, and I don't know. I I, I think that the Chicago Blackhawks might be in for a whole a whole period of, of, of really challenging times. And I'm not talking about coming, you know, what they have to do moving, moving forward and addressing the, uh, the, uh, the, the Kyle beach situation. It's, it's the entire organization. This is a bad team. Is Kyle
1: Davidson, the one who's, going to get them out of it with Derek King after like Jeremy Colton. It was never going to work, I guess at the end, he did win the playoff series against Edmonton and that was good. But every year he was there, there were other issues in play. He got his opportunity. It didn't work. It's almost like start fresh. In comes Derek King, Kyle David. It's almost like it's 2003 all over again. And they need to rebuild and kind of get lucky with Kane and Taves and you know not just luck but draft development, they, they are it's it's back to the future almost like it's 2003 in Chicago. Like, this is it's gonna be painful for a long time, isn't it?
2: That's what I think. That's what I think. And I, again, Kyle Davison is is the interim uh GM, Derek King's the interim head coach. Listen, you could put Scotty Bowman behind that bench right now, and it's not gonna make a difference. It's a bad team, it's a team that uh has got uh, j- j- just uh, a real void in critical areas of their lineup. So anyway, that's where it's at. And you know what? You know, we can talk about the Arizona Coyotes who won their first game. Yay, yay, Coyotes, you know? And I'm going <laughs> to finish. It wasn't for- great. It was entertaining. It was I, entertaining. I, I, I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to yep. finish with this on episode 11 of the Cool but Uncensored Hockey Podcast. The Seattle Kraken are what I thought they were going to be. <laughs> And I want to end with
1: 63.6 in my small way in our television days, Craig. Coley won't give me credit. I helped change the rule. I told you right now. (laughs) I swear to God. Uh, Good for Ian Walsh for identifying it. And Pittsburgh has Minnesota by the, you know what, icing face-off. Can't change. Two more six-on-five goals to tie it and win it in a shootout. Kenny Holland coming up with ideas, thinking outside the box. Think out there. Carlton Fisk had one thing above his stall in the clubhouse. Think. Thinking's free. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from. Thinking. Just think. Think. And it worked. Think of something special for you or your family, your job, your sport, your country. Because thinking like that has made the game even better. I think we're done. And I know We'll see you Thursday. Ciao.
0: Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at Oseamalibu.com. That's O S E A MALIBU.com code GLOW.